1: You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip
2: It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippey is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi, the place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six ounce bacon wrapped filet for $10. They got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi.
1: of Fresh Cuts. Hope everything is well with everybody the day after Thanksgiving. Edition. Greg and I are actually recording this on Friday morning, so out later today. Hope everyone had a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Maybe you're in a food coma. If you have to work today, your boss is an asshole. But outside of that, uh, yeah, what's up, man?
2: How you doing? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, uh, we're not working today. So, um, you know, I, the, the boss is not an asshole at LB. So that's a good, that's a good start. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, just, uh, you know, a couple days off of work. We were closed yesterday, and uh, we'll be open back up on Saturday at 10 o'clock. And I'm pretty sure there'll be a bunch of people, you know, wanting to get some beef and some, you know, some pork and some chicken and probably something that is definitely not turkey and the traditional turkey
1: stuff. Yes, we are. We closed down today, but uh, just kind of give us a 411 on the, uh, on the store before we roll into it
2: yeah i mean you know like i said i'm pretty sure everybody's going to be ready to fire the grill up on saturday maybe watch some good college football and uh get you know back to the norm you know that uh, the turkey and ham coma kind of puts us you know sets us off for a couple of days but we'll be back on track on the saturday so we'll be running the uh special um that is a new special at lb's um Lane Kiffin is a marketing genius, and uh, we're very, very thankful for his presence. And uh, uh, so, he, so he threw a clipboard in the air, which uh, seemed to be really popular. So we started doing the uh, clipboard special every Sunday. So that's a $2 off lane
1: train special. So you can come in and get your lane train for 8 bucks on Sunday there you go there you go so that's two dollars <laughs> off the so it's a build-off of the lane trade special so you got the lane train special and the clipboard special cut on yeah. so you not you lost another two dollars off the uh off the lane trade special yeah. lane Kiffin is a marketing genius i don't even know if he knows he's a marketing genius
2: oh yeah i mean like i said he retweeted uh, one of our um that special and literally um uh, I think I had over 160,000 impressions in 24 hours. Um, That's just something that you just can't pay for. And literally all he did was press a button on his phone and then press it again. So uh, it was, uh, uh, yes, he uh, he has a lot of power for sure.
1: No doubt, dude. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Well, before we get into the slate, let's take a look at last week as everyone kind of emerges from their food coma. Hopefully ate a lot of food yesterday. Hopefully you're uh, watching football today. Maybe traveling to the Egg Bowl tomorrow. Maybe just watching it at home. Who knows? Wherever you're listening, hope everybody's doing well. Staying safe. Let's roll into it this week. Last week we just got absolutely, or I got smoked in college. We fared better in the NFL. I was one in four. One in four. Excuse me. In college, you were two and three. The uh, the you were could not have been more right on these uh, showdown and on the planes. We were uh, vehemently disagreed on Auburn. In Tennessee, that game, I don't know if you watched how that ended or whatever, but it was a 10-point game late. Auburn decided they were going to go for it to kind of put the game away and kneel it out, call it a timeout, then decide to kick a bomb field goal to put them up 13. So you uh, you got the better of me on that one. You went two and three. The NFL, you were eight and three. I was seven and four. So much, much better than the NFL. That, you were three Still and three. pretty
2: solid, man. Still pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that was I got raked. I in mean, the I, I
2: know, I know that uh, Auburn, uh, Tennessee, kind of stung, but not as bad as that JAMRA uh, game that you didn't cover. What was that spread fourteen?
1: Uh something like that. I think I made <laughs> up my own one. And I, I could have said I, I could have put, put it at thirty, and it wasn't enough.
2: I guess the uh, I guess the uh, six A uh, championship runs through Madison County now. Because, uh, Look,
1: COVID season not real, didn't count. <laughs> So that's, that's my stance is sticking to it. If did the season had counted, if they'd won, of course, absolutely. But uh, the best, best is yet to come for the old uh, mighty Raiders. <laughs> we, uh, but so you go, you go eight and two in the NFL. Pretty That was pretty strong. we were four and one in your locks. I was two and three in my locks. Uh, I spent three of them on college and lost all of them. Uh, Tennessee, I went Georgia, and I went Arkansas. And Arkansas was a frustrating one. Georgia was just not even close. Uh, we'll get to that in a second as we get into the Egg Bowl. State put together, I think, a better effort than pretty much anyone could have ever envisioned or forecasted. So credit to them for that one. That was probably our biggest whiff of the weekend in college. Uh, NFL, we actually fared pretty good outside of a couple games. We're uh, Minnesota got us because the uh, Cowboys won. But outside of that, there weren't any just like gigantic swings and misses on the board, just some uh, tough ones late. I mean, you know, that's just what we're going to do
2: this week. We're going to keep going and keep uh, pushing and keep making money. I mean, you can't complain about eight and two and seven and three in the, uh, in the NFL. So, um, you know, but uh, Rippy, uh, Rippy's going to bring us some locks this week. I got a good feeling. You know, I think he's, uh, he's, got, uh, he's got a good full belly and he's uh, laid up, chilled up. And uh, I think you've got some locks for us this week.
1: I can't decide if you're throwing the reverse juju on me or if this is genuine. But either <laughs> way, I'll say thanks. <laughs> Oh man, I
2: did have a customer come in this uh yesterday and I mean the other day and said that uh, he really enjoys our podcast. So we uh I think we're up to five listeners now, Rippy. So I think we're doing good, man.
1: That's 5 We gotta start writing them down on a list.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, we should send
1: out Christmas cards. Oh yeah. Eventually if we get to double digits, we'll send out a Christmas card. For sure. Uh, well
2: well no, anyway. that.
1: Way. All right. Well let's uh let's get right into it as I pull this up um let's see it's kind of weird that this is not the final week of the season like you always think Egg Bowl and then the last couple years if you covered Ole Miss or followed Ole Miss like Egg Bowl coaching search and then now it's just kind of (laughs) weird deal where one it's not on Thanksgiving two it's on Saturday and then three you got at least now you definitely have two more games to go I guess that's the bit of news we'd get to before we got into it is Ole Miss will play Texas A&M they will play Texas A&M on December the 12th I know there was some pessimism as to whether that game would actually get rescheduled or not? Because A and M had another game they already missed with Tennessee, and while well, AM's not necessary. A&M, That's It's kind of a weird deal. where A and M's technically in the SEC West race because they're only one game behind Alabama, but everyone knows Alabama's not losing twice. They have the tiebreaker, but you still have, you can't like act like Alabama's not going to lose twice if that makes sense. So there was some pessimism as to whether that game would get played. A and still very much in the college football race. They needed the game to get played, so it will be on December twelfth, and then A and M will play Tennessee on December nineteenth. So. Uh, knock on wood, as of now, Ole Miss is slated to play the full 10 games.
2: Yeah, I mean, which is uh, always uh, good news because, you know, if there was a one point and we were looking at not even playing one game. So, uh, you know, uh, credit to Steve for, uh, for doing, doing the right thing and, you know, and pushing through this. And, uh, you know, I know we've had some COVID cases pop up in the last couple of weeks. But, you know, uh, they're obviously protecting the, the big boys. And, you know, because, you know, I just – We we won't get into that, but I'm just saying. You know, I think that state has state Arkansas, Ole Miss has literally played with COVID cases, and um, you know, and they uh, uh, they pushed through to play the game, and um, you know, they saved Arkansas. And I mean, uh, Texas A&M, you know, something like that. So I think it's going to help out the reps in the long run, playing Texas A&M the last game of the year.
1: Yeah, I agree, and they needed the gameplay because, like I mentioned, a And M still very much in the college football playoff hunt, so they needed to get to it. Like you said, I mean, as as disastrous as this has been, if they can get to the finish line with all fourteen SEC schools playing ten games, I think they deserve to pat themselves in the back, particularly the scheduling guys and making it through this weird season. If they get through it. It's them in the Big 12, in my opinion. The only, well, I guess the ACC as well. The Big Big 12 ACC and the SEC are kind of looking at the other two schools. And remember, this is how it kind of split originally in terms of who was going to play and who wasn't, where you had the Pac-12 and the Big 10 cancel their seasons. And then now you're looking up at the end of it. And when you potentially and most likely going to have the Big 12, Big 10, or excuse me, Big 12 ACC and SEC complete full 10-game seasons while the Pac-12 has cancellations left and right. And in the Big Ten, you have, like, a team like Wisconsin only playing five games and getting DQ'd from even having a chance at their own conference title game. So, like, in hindsight, who is correct? I think the answer is probably pretty obvious. Yeah, for sure.
2: And, you know, uh, there's going to be pretty much every SEC team is going to be playing in a New Year's Bowl or, you know, a a higher-end bowl just strictly because they didn't they drop the the 500 record for this year?
1: I don't know what the deal with the bowl is. I was going to kind of get to that after as Ole Miss got closer to it in the season. I know pretty much every team is eligible. So, like, I don't know. I think they're just going to try to fill slots as they can. I don't think yeah, you're going to have to be over the, 500. The first, I don't think they'll get enough up teams.
2: Yeah, I think, like, the first, like, mock Bowl thing was uh, Indiana versus Ole Miss in the Citrus Bowl or something like that. So, uh, you know. Uh, who knows? But, yeah, uh, if we can just get – I mean, if, I think if the revs can, you know, beat State, uh, they've got two uh, a really good shot against LSU. And, you know, why not roll the dice and uh, go all in on Texas A&M and, you know, see if we can't, you know, uh, push through on a, you know, three-game win streak into the next season.
1: I think it, yeah, it w- might work out. It, it, We discussed that on Wednesday's show. I had Colin Brister on, and we kind of did some big picture like egg bowl over unders, and then we discussed Lane Kiffin's SEC Coach of the Year case. And you know, it's probably going to end up going to Dan Mullen because he's won the East, and you know, I mean, definitely if he beats Alabama in the title game and they make the playoff and all that. But like, if Kiffin gets to six and four and he goes, he beats LSU and Mississippi State, and then somehow finds a way to knock off a And M. I don't know how you don't give it to him at six and four, but we got into that in some other topics on Wednesday's show. I'll rehash it if you want to go back and listen to it. Just scroll back in this feed. It was a good conversation, but uh, I think he's definitely got more of a case than you think, and I think a better one than Sam Pittman, despite the the loss to Arkansas. But anyway, be that as it may, yeah, and I agree. I mean, Ole Miss will... If Ole Miss finishes the season the way most people think they are five at and 5-5 five and go 2-1 and one down the stretch, I mean, not exactly breaking analysis here, but in a normal season, I think they would have easily gotten six wins, which would have been a huge, huge milestone for the program. It still is, even in this weird COVID year. But that would have been very 2012 Birmingham bullish under freeze where, you know, they go to a crappy bowl game. Ole Miss sells the hell out of their ticket allotment, sells it out very quickly, and everyone's fired up. And it's a big momentum builder for the program. I think they can still generate that to some degree. It's just a shame not everyone can go.
2: Yeah, because, you know, Ole Miss travels. It does. I mean, Ole Miss is always going to be there and represent them because, you know, they, you got got to win the party uh, first
1: all that being said let's go into the slate this weekend it's a uh, it's definitely a good one got a couple games friday but all the sec games i believe are on saturday let's see the first one i just happened to find these are in no time order as it pertains to saturday Jew- ugly one first georgia south carolina south carolina is plus 21 and a half with what they have left of their team you know georgia didn't look very well very good against state last week could not run the ball worth a damn, which I think was probably the most surprising aspect of it, is they ran for, like, 12 yards or something ridiculous. But JT Daniel in his first game in two years threw for four hundred and eight and really carried that team to a win. I mean, they wouldn't have won the game without him. I still – I don't buy Georgia having that performance two weeks in a row. I think South Carolina is just a limp, like, dead team walking. I mean, they kind of put up a fight against Missouri last week, but not really. I think what was the final score of that game? I mean, Missouri was never really in doubt. I yeah think it was it, i think missouri covered i think it was like five or six it was like yeah, well, anyway five but and a half. it was never really really in doubt so i'm gonna go georgia here i don't think south carolina has it left in them
2: yeah i mean you know um it, it, it is what it is with the jt daniels i mean he hadn't played in two years and looked decent but you know he had uh good athletes to throw to and uh you know not a uh not a uh, complete Mississippi State football team, so you know, give credit to Mississippi State. They uh, they had a good game plan. They you know threw those underneath routes because they were giving them to them. So uh, with that being said, um, you know, I, I just I, I can't bet on South Carolina again just because I thought they would rally the troops last weekend, and you know they're just uh, just a you know a little uh, half pint short on on some things right now. So I, I'm going to go with you on Georgia. I like Georgia.
1: There's a certain enjoyment element that comes with that too. Like, know, obviously you're supposed to like wager with your head and not with like, you know, your emotion or whatever, but like that feels like throwing it on South Carolina, it would just be a miserable viewing experience. Like this yeah, team sure. has no head coach, you know, they've had players opt out, like they're not very explosive on offense and you're basically just begging them to hang on to this three and a half point touchdown thing while Georgia just runs right over it. That just does not feel fun. Yeah, I agree. So we're agreeing on the first one. The next one we've got is good lord, a lot of twenty pluses this week. Kentucky and Florida, and Kentucky had a bunch of dudes out with COVID last week, but got absolutely embarrassed by you know forty something plus points against Alabama last week. What was the final of that game? I don't even remember. It was was
2: I think it was sixty. I think it was sixty something to three.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was you know it was Alabama. Beat Western Carolina, type of thing. Like it was, it was, it was very bad. Kentucky looked like the lame duck here. And then, you know, Auburn, I mean, excuse me, Florida kind of like limps to a three touchdown victory over Vanderbilt, if that makes any sense. I think I said on the show earlier this week, it's like, vanderbilt is so bad that they lost but they can lose by three touchdowns you're like huh, they put up a decent fight this game like that's a whole new <laughs> level of terrible because you watch that game against florida last week and you're like yeah Vanderbilt he wasn't so bad and then vanderbilt you know florida wins by three touchdowns i'll go florida here i think kentucky looks like they're limited to the finish line
2: yeah i mean you know and a lot of people were high on this kentucky team at the start of the year and uh you know a couple bad breaks here and there of, you know that loss to Ole Miss, you know, kind of maybe uh, just turned the tide for the program. Uh, I still think it's a good program, but just, you know, it's a weird year. You lost a couple players here and there, and it's just not a complete team that you were hoping for. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just just a big number. And, uh, you know, Florida, I I think they're just going to go through the motions. Uh, I mean, it's – I mean, Vanderbilt was up 17-10 to on them at one time. I mean, and uh, I don't know. I'm going to go – I'm gonna go with Kentucky. Just maybe they can rally the troops and keep it a close game. I don't know. I just, you know, I just think this is a real bad bet. But um, I'm all about bad, bad bets, you know? so I'll take the bad bets. I'll take, uh, I'll take the bad team and the bad bets. So let me give me Kentucky and all those points. I'll take it.
1: I like where your head's at, though, on this one. Though for the most part, because I can think about it on my side. Like if we'd have both agreed on this, we would have both taken. Four four score lines, like favorites, and one of them on the road in the first two SEC games. That just feels like a foolish proposition. But hey, who knows? I guess I'll uh, I guess I'll take yeah, it. And I mean, it.
2: the only thing that sucks about it, it's like we lose if it's forty five to ten. You know, I mean, that's just uh, this is how, how that how that game would probably go. Hopefully, a uh, Marty the Moose uh, touchdown shows up late for Kentucky for the cover. That's all I'm hoping for.
1: <laughs> Scott Van Pelt says, run the cover play late. <laughs> so, <laughs> Man, there have like, been
2: some really bad beats
1: out there lately. Ooh, I would really encourage everyone place. to go back and you're right on that one. I would encourage everyone to go back and watch last week's version of it. The uh, I didn't note, I didn't obviously. We, we we don't really have much interest in Virginia and Abilene Christian or whoever that was last week. Yeah, that's exactly guy it was. But there were a couple, particularly that one. I'd encourage going back and watching that segment. We're just. Atrocious, like all timer editions. the The Abilene Christian and Virginia one, which featured Mississippi State former quarterback Ke- Keaton Thompson, was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. And I don't know how you would ever recover from that one. I think you would have to retire. So I won't spoil it. Go back and watch it if you haven't yeah. seen it. It's it's it's, 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 it's it'll bring you it to funny your knees. Uh,
2: what's funny about Bad Beats was uh, I was actually uh, watching uh, a horse race at Charlestown, and, and it end up being on Bad Beats. And my buddy was like, "Hey, that horse race was on the uh, sports center this morning." And I was like, "No way. He literally had a six-link lead, came around the corner. instead of coming around the corner to go to the finish line, he went straight to the barn.
1: Does a horse race bad beat feel the same as a college football one? Because I asked that because horse racing happens so fast. It's almost like you don't even really know what happened until after. I the mean, you football. Can it's it. such a slow build and you you can see it coming before it happens. and You're just agonizing death.
2: Yeah, I mean, like the thing with the horse racing is like, uh, you know, you have a horse that is a, you know, a, a speed rat. And he goes out to the front and he just tries to run, you know run them all out of that, you know, run them off all the track and get there first before everybody else. And then there are some horses that are called closers and they literally, you know, try to keep up with the speed rat and then, you know, catch them at the end. So there's some races where you, you know, bet on the speed rat and he gets out there and he's like, and you're like, just hang on, hang on, you know, get to the wire. And, you know, sometimes he gets there and sometimes he doesn't. But uh, it's, it's fun betting on either one, either race.
1: So not quite the same, but that's interesting. Yeah. Well,
2: it's a minute, you know. It's a minute and twenty seconds. It's a minute and forty seconds. So I mean, you know, uh, I've I've lost many a bets at the, you know, at the photo finish, and it's just
1: uh, it is what it is. I think I'd rather have that happen to me than just the agonizing slow build of like watching a you know, a team that's a thirty point underdog run you know, drive seventy five yards down the field after not doing anything the whole game to go to, to lose by twenty four. Like that uh, kind of deal. That's just way, <laughs> way more agonizing, in my opinion. Like just, just, just <laughs> pop me in the head once instead of just watch me plead out, but anyway. Yeah, that's, uh, for sure.
2: Just, uh, just go ahead and just you know, uh, put, put it through my heart and then twist to the right and then twist to the left. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, I'll take a minute and forty seconds over a seven-minute game-time football drive, like just, just a, just a slow, agonizing defeat. But anyway, uh, can stay in on the trend here with the, the just absolutely huge lines. Uh, you know, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID nineteen this week. Not a false positive. They said that immediately upon the uh, release of the news was experiencing mild symptoms, so he is not going to be on the sidelines for the Iron Bowl. It is going to be. Steve Sarkeesian, which I don't know what kind of difference that makes. Obviously, Saban's presence is huge. Like, you know, he kind of controls the defense, but it's Pete Golding's defense to some degree, and then Sark definitely controls most of the things offensively. I don't know if it matters in this game, but it's Alabama minus 24 and a half in Tuscaloosa. Which way are you going here?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's almost like um, Saban's the Zen master of all his coordinators, regardless of how – and who high-profile the, the coordinator is. He always – you know, I remember the, um, the game whenever uh, deep, they threw the deep ball on the first play to DK, and he, t- he took it to the house, and they, they put, panned over to Saban, and he literally got in his microphone, and he said, are you going to listen to me now? You know, and uh, obviously they listened to him because, what was that, 55-7? to um, So, I, you know – it's a big game. I just think Alabama is just too good, man. Uh, their defense is coming around. Um, they're playing really too good, and it's just uh, Alabama's going to Alabama, and I just think they're going to punish them. I think they're going to um, – Bo Nix is terrible. I've always said that. I'm going to stick to that. And uh, even though I got the lucky uh, cover last week with them, they're going to get rolled this week. So uh, I'm going to take the tide in the points.
1: I'll go the other side on this one. I think Auburn's plays at a slow enough pace. I think their defense is good enough to keep them hanging around. I just, you know, I don't know what the saving effect is in my mind. In my dumb made up math brain, I'm going to say it's seven points. So I'm looking at this like it's thirty one and a half. I'll go. I'll go Auburn here, really, just for the lack of much uh, much better lack of. For lack of reasoning, I guess I should yeah, say this I just mean, feels Stark like a ton is
2: terrible. I mean, he's literally picked his own nose and eaten his booger on my TV, and they like that's bad. I mean, that's how bad he is.
1: So yeah, I'm gonna. Go, I just I don't feel great about this, but I'll go Auburn here. I think they, Bo Nix in the offense is capable enough. I think Auburn's got a pretty good defense. You know, Gus always makes most of these Iron Bowls weird. Like I can't remember a ton of Iron Bowls where Gus has just gotten the doors blown off him. So this feels like too many games here. I'll go the classic rivalry rivalry game excuse and i will go with yeah auburn plus 24 and a half that feels like too much and then i'll use my first lock on it why not oh
2: nice i like it i like it just wait that that elephant's going to be going in your head at night whenever alabama wins like 55 to 10
1: (laughs) so yeah that's a that's usually usually how it goes here we go the next one we got is texas a&m the game we've gotten used to seeing I say used to seeing on Thanksgiving night. Didn't this used to be? on? Maybe it was a Friday night. I don't remember. Texas A&M and LSU the first couple years they were in the SEC. I remember this being on Thanksgiving night. Seven overtime game a couple years ago. You've got A&M minus 14 and a half in this one. And, you know, LSU looked more confident against Arkansas. The defense at least wasn't as terrible. I didn't think they would actually win that game. But they did, and they played decently well. The Finley kid is going to be the quarterback the rest of the way. It doesn't appear at all that Brennan will play again this year. He's got the shoulder injury, I believe. Um, I'm still not buying it. I'll go A&M here. They haven't played in a couple weeks. They, they they kind of need the college football playoff like, committee to remember them because they are a one-loss team. And in this weird year, even if they don't make the SEC championship game out of the West, which they're not, boring Alabama inexplicably losing to Auburn and Arkansas. Um, or I guess LSU, they'll play that game as well. Anyway, you get to my point. LSU, I mean, our, Alabama's not losing twice. So A&M's in the college football playoff race without really having much of a shot to win the West. So I think they need some style points. I think they need to beat the hell out of everyone left on their schedule. So I'll go A&M here, big. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I have to kind of agree with you on it. I think uh, whenever
2: A&M came into the SEC, they kind of forced this as a rivalry game. Very um, much so.
1: Like, and- stop thinking about Texas, start thinking about LSU. Look, they're close, and it just didn't work. <laughs> Yeah, and uh,
2: you know, just uh, you know, uh, rivalries aren't created. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, uh, I, I think LSU has um, a little, a little bit better once they've decided on the Finley kid, and he's not bad. He threw a couple good balls against Arkansas. Um, I'm going to take LSU on this. Uh, I just think there's just too many points. I think it's going to be a you know a, a, maybe a ten point game or a late field goal. So. Uh, I think LSU's defense is, you know, learning, and, you know, all those young players are coming around. So let's go with LSU and the points.
1: Okay, so going to LSU, uh, showing some uh, signs of life down the stretch. I'm I'm of the opinion that last week was a little bit of an aberration. I think Arkansas is actually very bad. Like, I, we had this conversation when we were talking about Lane Kiffin and the Coach of the Year thing. If Ole Miss played Arkansas today, I think Ole Miss would beat them and beat them by a lot. I mean, hell, Matt Corral threw six interceptions, and it took Arkansas – took all of that and then some for Arkansas to salt away
2: a one-score lead in in the fourth
1: quarter. Yeah, Yeah, for sure in Little
2: Rock. I mean, just maybe the Fayetteville, I mean, I just might have a curse there.
1: Fared very well the last couple of times they've been there. Um, it's weird. 2020 was the last time the last time Ole Miss was there before 2020 was freezes last year. Cause the 18 game, which was a horrible football game was played in little rock. But anyway, uh, I just kind of say that to say is like Arkansas, it doesn't diminish the job. Sam Pittman has done, but he, you know, they, the, the shine is kind of worn off. They haven't played well in three or four weeks. So I think last week was a bit of an aberration. I'll go LSU. I mean, I'll go A&M here. You're going the other side. We'll see. This could be a fascinating one because LSU could really play the role of spoiler for a ms hopes. And if you lose this game, you view this entire season from Jimbo's perspective in a much different light. He needs to keep them in the college football playoff race really till the bitter end, even if they don't get in. So I don't know this would be a fascinating one. So opposite sides on that one. Yeah, well,
2: obviously that's why A and M threw that you know suitcase full of money at them. So you know to be in this spot, you know, obviously they didn't play too well against Alabama, but you know not a lot of teams are playing well against Alabama. So A um, and M's in a good spot. Uh, just that it's a big game this week.
1: To close it out, the one we've all been waiting for, the Egg Bowl. This is going to be the strangest edition of the Egg Bowl yet. Two first-year head coaches. Uh, the rivalry kind of tamed down in the sense that these head coaches are friends. We talked about it on Wednesday show. I think they're just going to bring a different energy. Like I think this game will still be intense. It always is. Anyone who tries to discount it as anything less is, you know, a fool's proposition. I do think they should de-emphasize some of the uh, deep embedded hatred. I'm not going to go on this rant today. I'm just going to stop myself there. Listen to the Wednesday show. We talked about it. Point being, different Egg Bowl, two first year head coaches. You know, obviously this COVID year, not going to be very many people in the stands. You know, State's hanging on by a thread. They have enough players to play. Hopefully good test results on Friday allow this game to happen because, you know, this time last week you're sitting there thinking they're a COVID outbreak. And I say outbreak really just like a case and two contact tracing have from having sitting out from just not being able to play. And so you didn't know if this game was going to happen. Knock on wood. It appears it's going to happen. This game started out as Ole Miss minus 12. It has gone all the way down to nine and a half. And I am locking the rebels here. I don't see this. I'll make it simple. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um,
2: You know, uh, whenever the first coaching, the last coaching search came about, you know, the first thing I wanted was, uh, you know, somebody, a coach that had no ties to Ole Miss whatsoever. I mean, just, uh, you know, he didn't play here. He wasn't a coordinator here. He wasn't, you know, uh, the water boy when he was four years old. I mean, you know, just had no ties to Ole Miss and, you know. Uh, they, they got it and, um, uh, it's going to be a real weird egg, egg bowl, you know, but you know, I just think that Ole Miss is just, you know, with the offense playing the way they do, especially at home. I just, uh, I think that's a real small number and I think, you know, I'm going to lock it with you. And I just think the rebels roll rolling here.
1: I just don't see this one. And, you know, I, I went into this again. I keep alluding to Wednesday's show. I hate to, like, rehash all the same things, but I, I did, like, I kind of outlined it. I just don't see this for Mississippi State. They ha- they had made, made a hell of an effort last week, and they deserve it. You know, the 49 and the thing that kind of got trending, you know, the 49 scholarship players going in there and giving that effort is commendable. You know, State scored 24 points for the first time since, what, the LSU game, I think? Twenty, Maybe they scored 24 against Vanderbilt. I think they did. They lost 24-7 or won 24-17. But you get my point. Their offense has been putrid, you know, for most of the season. What are the odds they repeat that even against this horrible Ole Miss defense for – Two games in a row, I think, are slim to nine. And the recipe to beat Ole Miss and drive the ball consistently down there is to run the ball straight down Ole Miss's throat and let that open up the passing game because the secondary has gotten better. They're just young. And, you know, when you're running for six, seven, eight yards a carry like South Carolina did, Colin Hill's not a prolific quarterback, but it really puts your defensive and the back end of your defense in some taxing situations. And, you know, that's a long-winded way to say Mike Leach doesn't try to run the ball. And he's yeah. very stubborn and he does what he does. And I think that's going to come back to bite him in this matchup because I think yeah. the averages yeah. fit 16 yards, 16 rushes per game, yeah, three, I four mean, of those uh, a game are sacks. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I mean, just, I just don't see this. I think his, 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 his I think his stubbornness is going to work against him here. I don't think they're going to try to run the ball and you know, their path to victory. So narrow will Rogers turns it over twice and all miss gets a short field. It's over. They're not keeping up.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I have to totally agree. And another thing is, uh, you know, as as bad as that Ole Miss defense has been, uh, I think they're getting better with, you know, coaching in each day that goes by. I mean, I've uh, read some, you know, interviews uh, through some players, and, you know, they're getting better. Uh, I think that they're improving, you know. Um, and I, I wouldn't necessarily – the talent is there, but Otis Reese coming back is probably going to help out a lot. Um, you know, just – they literally had to put a running back over there to, you know, to fill in some holes, so – I think the defense is, you know, is getting better. And, um, you know, once Kiffin, you know, recruits his players that they want to have on that side of the ball, I mean, I think it, uh, Ole Miss is going to be, you know, a, you know uh, a pretty solid football team because they already are on offense and they're just lacking a couple players on defense. But I have to agree with you. I mean, this just um, every offense, uh, every time uh, Ole Miss has gotten scored on, it was just basically straight up ground game. And
1: um, Mississippi State just doesn't do that very well. Yeah, like I said, I just don't see this matchup at all. Maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, weird things happen in the egg bowl, but again, it just I don't think I don't think the recipe to beat this whole miss team is to throw sixty-five times. I, I think you're you're playing into their hands, particularly the defense is, the secondary has been the best part of their defense so far this year with the inconsistencies they've had at linebackers sometimes. And of course the defensive line is what it is with the pass rush and you know they have really, really soft on the interior. And I just don't see Mike Leach. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they come out with a game plan and what, what it marks. What's the kid's name that's backing up Kylan Hill. Maybe they run him 20 times in between the tackles, but th- all I'm saying is they're averaging 14 runs a game and they need to be at 14 per half against Ole Miss. I think throwing it 60 times, particularly kind of shorts throws out in space is playing into Ole Miss's hands. I don't think Ole Miss is necessarily going to shut them down, but state's going to need to score 35 points to have a chance to win this game. And I just, I don't see that happening with their, their offensive game plan on tape through seven games. So you know, unless Leach really has a change of heart, I just don't see this. I'm locking this. I think Ole Miss rolls something like – I don't think I've predicted this for an since I've started working, but I, yeah. I think like 48-24, something I, like that.
2: I, I would hammer uh, Ole Miss team total pretty, pretty good this week. I just uh, – again, I uh, just – offense is clicking, and especially at home. So, um, you know, I, uh, I don't know how many points uh, stakes going to score, but I'll definitely be all over that Ole Miss team total for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm very much open to the fact that I would probably sound like an idiot uh, if you play this on Sunday morning after the game, because, again, I've seen enough Egg Bowls. Weird stuff does happen just from a matchup standpoint. I I really I I see this very fairly simply this week. So anyway, that was kind of uh, that was kind of my mini Egg Bowl rant rehashing from the Wednesday show. Did we miss a game? Have we missed anything? Oh, Vandy, Missouri. This one was a, a late one because they switched. They switched up the games to basically make the back end of the schedule work. So Arkansas. And Tennessee are off this week when it was originally supposed to be Tennessee Vanderbilt, which if Vanderbilt had pulled that somehow beaten Tennessee. I think that would spell the end of the Jeremy Pruitt era. So uh, maybe, maybe yeah. Tennessee dodged a bit of a bullet on this one. Uh, Missouri at home hosting Vanderbilt minus 14 and a half Missouri. Ah,
2: yeah.
1: I'll go Missouri. I just don't buy Vandy. They, they put up a good fight they could have put up last week. So I'm going Missouri here. I don't have a whole lot of analysis to offer. Yeah,
2: I agree with you. I mean, you know how bad has that Vanderbilt team been? And then we sit here and talk about like, oh, they didn't get they, they didn't get beat by forty, you know. And so, I don't know. I don't see. I mean, Missouri. I mean, I'll take Missouri. I'll I'll take the points. I'll just just chalk up Vanderbilt being bad
1: enough to where I can cover two touchdowns. I don't know why you would if you're somewhat serious at all about this or you? I mean outside of you just putting it on you know throwing something on it for fun to have something to watch whatever I don't know why in the world anyone yeah. it's like no, seriously it's, uh, trying to yeah. grind would ever put money on this yeah put there there should be an 800 number underneath
2: uh on the on the bottom that says seek help call this number if you're watching this
1: football game yeah, we should start to seek help with the weak game. And if you're throwing it, you're throwing <laughs> yes. a ton of uh, – That would be <laughs> it. That would be it. <laughs> if you're tossing a quarter of the old paycheck on this one. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe we uh, step back from that ledge, my yes, friend. Yes, for
2: sure. Yes, step back and uh, uh, take uh, the ten. Bre- uh, take, take, a beat, deep breath and uh, move forward. <laughs> maybe
1: allow someone to take your phone or your computer out of your hands and just yeah. – <laughs> just sit there the rest of the day. Maybe, maybe watch this one for the good sake of tender. amateurism. I mean,
2: that, download Tinder or Bumble. I mean, Lord, that, I mean, just like <laughs> Lord mercy. That, 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 I couldn't imagine watching that game.
1: So that rounds out the SEC slate. You know, it's like I don't there know. Are some I'm just,
2: football games this weekend. I mean, I think you've got. Uh, 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 man, I'm curious about that. Um, the uh, Iowa State and Texas. That's a Oh man, Iowa State's been playing so good that and they're only uh, a one and a half point paver. Texas is just, I don't know, just kind of limp through the season.
1: Yeah, so you you kind of you kind of beat me to that. My point there, uh closing closing out this the final thought on college football this weekend is like there's some very intriguing games outside of the SEC. And like we pick the SEC games in the NFL every week. But like, you know, normally it's Thanksgiving, it's rivalry week, you're looking forward to Iron Bowl, or, you know, LSU m Ole miss state and all that and you are uh and all of that stuff and you're kind of just getting a watered down version of it this yeah. year you know like you get three of the f- robbery ones and then just some weird kind of hodgepodge games <laughs> yeah. um, that's
2: why everybody that's why there's a particular east team matched up with a particular west team you know via the schedule that is normally
1: you know normally going through yeah, so it's like the the intrigue for most of this is outside of the SEC. There's some very fascinating games like the S, don't know, it just doesn't feel the same. Like it feels like it should be rivalry week, you get all the end of the year matchups, you get the uh clown show that normally is the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night and it's all yeah. just uh changed up this uh in this Yeah, like very... who, uh,
2: like Notre Dame and North Carolina. I mean, do I want to watch that? Eh, maybe. Uh I mean, you know, but uh, I mean, it, I, I think that's a trap game for Notre Dame. I really honestly like North, North Carolina on
1: that. So, some interesting ones for a lot of different reasons outside the SEC. But anyway, for the sake of this pod, we will transition, as Mike Francesca says, with the, to the league where they play for pay. You had two NFL games on Thanksgiving yesterday, obviously. You got the third one canceled between the Steelers and Ravens. We were talking about it before we started recording It was like, that game got canceled, and it's like, yeah, it's a bummer, but look, this is COVID, like, you know, you still get two games. Should you be thankful for that? It won't be that big of a deal. And then you watch the atrocity that was the early game between the Lions and Texans, skins, and I would argue skins and Cowboys, excuse me, Washington football team and Cowboys, got to be careful there, was uh, more entered.
2: It was funny, Troy Eggman slipped up probably like six or seven times (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's so hard not to. Like, I don't really. I don't think anyone actually gets mad at people for slipping it up. It's become more of a joke than anything else. Which you know, whatever. I'm not diving into not opening up that can of worms this week. But it's hard not to. But I, I would argue that game was more entertaining, but not necessarily better. And then, like, you got that. Like, I felt leaving yesterday unsatisfied. I felt like if like there was almost not enough food on the table, not enough food on my plate. Where do you get through that second game? And you're like, that was it. Like yeah. I could have really used Raven Steelers in my life last night. Yeah, it was so really, it would sucked. That been
2: a really good one too in to end, end that day, for sure. Yeah, instead, we I, were watching like college basketball, uh, Arizona State and Villanova. Jeez. Right,
1: where there's, you know, there's a ranking by each team's name. So you're like, oh, this should be a good game. And you don't have any idea who any of the players are on the floor. It's kind of hodgepodge hoops because they haven't had much time to practice. And it's like. It's sports, but it's like, this is not, this is not satisfying. It's like the worst thing on your Thanksgiving, uh, your yeah. Thanksgiving spread that you try to avoid. That's all you had to eat for leftovers. last yeah. night. That's pretty much that, what that was. Uh, I felt very unsatisfied.
2: Yeah, that uh, Utah State, New Mexico, uh, Bar Burner. That was about it as far as the college, uh, as far as football late night. Maybe
1: that's what we deserve in this COVID year. You know, 2020 has been as bad of a year as possible. And the only night football we got on Thanksgiving, the most American holiday of all time, was a college football game between two winless teams.
2: Maybe yeah. that's just
1: something poetic about twenty twenty. Well, 2020. We, we just hope our listeners had
2: the over. That's all we hope we. Uh, uh, we are, you
1: know, that's, just, that's, that's
2: the only way we, we we can look
1: at it. I'm going to be honest. I put got into a food club and fell asleep pretty early last night. You're speaking like a man that watched it. What what? Give me the recap on New Mexico. Uh, New Mex- Give me the recap on New Mexico. Utah State. We were all dying for.
2: Well, um, there was a live bet that came out, uh, plus 13 and a half, uh, New Mexico and, uh, New and Utah state was up 14. So it was very tempting to uh, get on that plus 13 and a half because you kind of thought there would be a garbage touchdown, but you know, uh, the, uh, I, I stayed away from it. Uh, I, I did not watch it, but, um, obviously the, um, uh, the New Mexico Lobos did not come down and score, and uh, Utah State ended up uh,
1: winning by 14. So, Thrilling. Yeah. We've been waiting all season for that one.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's why that's why this podcast is free. You know, I'm just glad people just didn't pay, uh, pay to hear that.
1: <laughs> the Thanksgiving ending we deserve league this week good slate of games you know you got the two crappy ones out of the way yesterday sean watson man somebody get him out of houston or get him some kind of stability he is a absolute delight to watch play football around just a sea of dysfunction i really feel for him you know the lions your 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 doppelganger matt patricia i think this yep. is it for him i, I yep. haven't checked the news this morning but i'm surprised that he coaches another game maybe wow. they keep him coaching and they're doing the jets approach where he's like the greatest asset they can have to ensure they get a good draft pick but he's a He's a dead man walking. And you look at the the team like Detroit, they played, you know, they didn't have Kenny Galladay or DeAndre Swift last week or this week, but they lost to Carolina on a backup quarterback last week. Whereas if they would beaten Carolina, they could have come into this game looking to get to six and five and in the playoff race. And I think that underscores just what a poorly coached team they were. They were a train wreck and good God, the Cowboys are a clown show. Is the football team going to win that division?
2: Uh, I think so, man. I hope I, I, hopefully on that podcast, the first podcast, I dropped uh, at least $50 down on the Washington Redskins, Washington football team. Golly, man, that's brutal. All right. So let's go on to the next team. What's, what do we got? We got to get away from this NFC. East. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think, I think they're leading the conference at four and seven.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, the Eagles are 3-6-1, and one. so depending on the Eagles' result, the football team could be in first place. I actually think the Giants are going to come out winning that, but we'll get to that conversation in a second when the game gets there. The first one we have this week for the noon game is Atlanta is plus three at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Atlanta let us down last week against the Saints. Taysom Hill looked awesome. If you're a Saints fan, you've got to be encouraged by that. I don't know if when or if Drew Brees is coming back. Obviously, I, I think he is at some point this season, but, you know, shaky start for Taysom Hill, but he looked really good. Falcons just, I don't think they're very good. I know I was high on them the last couple weeks because they've kind of been, like, cover machines, but, like, I think Vegas is good, and I think they showed that even in a loss. I mean, they lost that game last week on Sunday Night Football. Carr was incredible. They just gave Patrick Mahomes happened to get the ball back with, you know, any time left at all, and that's a death sentence because he's Patrick Mahomes. I I think the Raiders are good, and I think they win games like this. I like the Raiders here on the road.
2: Yeah, I will say I did watch that Raiders and Chiefs game, and um, that was the most 2020 game ever because I think that regardless if um, if uh, if if Mahomes got that ball with the whatever time was left, it's a different situation with that stadium full of Raiders fans. I'm not, you know, saying that you know um, that they would he would have definitely you know gone down and scored but uh it, i would think it would have been a different situation but uh you know the raiders are a good football team you know they um, they they had a they were in the in the game with the chiefs and shit they almost beat them you know two times in this year so um i like the raiders here and i'm gonna go with my lock here i like the raiders
1: I like that. I'm actually going to join you on that one. So both lock in that one. I just think they're good. I mean, they lost the game last week, but you looked at, if you watched that game from start to finish, Carr is awesome. Like he kind of, like even in a loss last week, he, he graduated in my mind. And I've watched a bunch of the Raiders for this reason, this season for whatever reason. And I think I'd already gotten to this point, but I think most of the rest of the country got from like, oh yeah, he had that moment in 2017 before he got hurt to he's kind of good. Sometimes he's just good. And I yeah. think even John Gruden's changed his mind. I think when Gruden sure. took that job originally, he wanted to replace him and they didn't see eye to eye. But he's good and he's perfect for what they do. He's he's great. And I and, think and that I, is
2: I will officially get on the Derek Carr chain because I originally had a prop bet for Aaron Rodgers to be in Los, uh, Las Vegas. So I'm definitely going to back off that now because you know, Derek Carr's up. He he had a really good game last week. And like I said, they just gave Mahomes a little bit too much time and that's just what happened.
1: Two gross ones coming down the pipe at you after, the, after that initial one in these 12 o'clock ones, but you've got, let's see, sorry, I lost my place there for a second. You've got, oh, Arizona is minus two on the road against the New England Patriots. Where are you going on this one? This is, this is a, I don't know about this. I think the I Patriots think is soft- a
2: big trap, big trap, big trap. Um, but I, mean, I think this is a real big trap bet. You know, I, for some strange reason, whenever you put the Patriots, uh, regardless of their situation, against the wall, um, they some team comes. You know, I I don't know what kind of outfit Cam's going to be rocking. I mean, that was that the uh, Price Is Right, the Yoda outfit that he was rocking last week.
1: Buddy, you're asking the wrong fashion. Oh, uh, yeah. He,
2: yeah. Do you remember Price Is Right where um, the? Uh, anyway. But, yes, he looked like a yodeler, And, um, man, I, I, I think this is a trap for Arizona here. I, I like New England here. Um, I, and, actually, I'm going to go and pull the trigger on another lock, and I'm going to lock up New England here just, just because it, I feel like this is a trap.
1: I'll go the other way here. I think Arizona needs to win this game to have any shot at the division after losing to Seattle last week. It was really a must win for the Seahawks, and we can get to that game in a second. But um, I'll go Arizona, Arizona. here. I, but I, I don't I don't blame you for the way you went on that one because I don't really have much of a feel for this one at all. But I'll go Arizona here. I think I mean, if, if if Cam and the Patriots can't beat the the Texans to keep their season alive, I think they're just not good. So I'm going to go Arizona here.
2: Yeah, I mean you know and that Texans team is is a different uh, ball club. You know, and uh, um, I'm not going to say that that was a bad loss to, to last week against the Texans because. The Texans look good this weekend, so uh, on a short week, too. they won two games in four days, so, um, you know, the Texans are are a good ball club, so that wasn't a bad loss uh, last week for New England, so um, I just think this is a really big trap game, and I just feel like a lot of people are going to be on Arizona strictly because of Kyler Murray and uh, DeAndre Hawkins, so I just feel like this is a trap, and uh, I'm I'm going to try to be on the right side of this, and I, I like New England.
1: Next one, an even stranger one, is you've got Cincinnati, which what happened to Joe Burrow last week was just super unfortunate. Hopefully he comes back, but just about as devastating a knee injury as you can have against the football team last week. Backup, I believe, is hurt this week. I believe they're going – I can't even – the Finley kid is not playing for Cincinnati. I can't remember who they're going with. I think it's like – I can't even remember this guy's name. It doesn't matter. But it's the New York football (laughs) Giants with a chance to take the division by – by storm late in the year, uh, here, uh, minus five and a half on the road at Cincinnati. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, this just, uh,
2: I know, uh, next, next guy up, but you know, who, who do you replace Joe Burrow with, you know? And, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, B, uh, B Allen. Oh, Brandon,
1: Brandon Allen. Allen. That's who it is. Former Arkansas quarterback.
2: Well, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Sign me up for, uh, the giants. I think the giants, you know, like I said, they uh, they're in this to win the division at three and seven and uh, and they can, you know, take the lead because I think they've got a win over Washington, Washington, correct?
1: Yeah, they do. I think they, so, uh, yeah, they do. I, and so, I think
2: this is a good opportunity. Uh, I actually think the Giants is a good bet here, but you know, it's just hard to question the uh, next guy up on a, uh, on a Cincinnati team that is pretty bad. And that Joe Burrow is basically uh, just carried the whole time.
1: Yeah, it's just a. to me, it's a dangerous side, like just from the framing, it's a, the idea of taking a three and seven NFC East team on the road as more than the field goal favorite is just a dangerous proposition. But I agree. I think the Giants are probably the most complete team in this, you know, crap hole of a division for the lack of a better phrase. So I'll go the same way here. I think they're kind of putting things together, playing well for Joe Judge. I uh, I like them here as well. The next one we have, let's see. I keep losing my list here. Oh, uh, have fun with this one. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think are starting another quarterback this week. Um, not Jake Luton. They are starting Mike Glennon. So the, yeah. I didn't know Mike Glennon was still in the NFL. They're plus six and a half against the Browns here in Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, I think I read a tweet that Mike, uh, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky replaced uh, Mike Glennon and some kind of a uh, full circle thing that came back around uh, to where Mike Glennon is, uh, back, back starting as the NFL quarterback, you know, what a terrible game. Jeez. I mean, you know, if you, I think this is one of those, uh, seek help, uh, games. I mean, this one and the jets and the dolphins are going to be the seek help games NFL slate for me. Um, what a terrible game. I I mean, you know, Jacksonville is going to Jacksonville. I, I I mean, I'll take them Man, somehow, some way. I think, uh, uh, they'll figure out some kind of way. Uh, I just, I, I think Baker not good. Is that is that is that uh, debatable?
1: I think they've taken the keys away from him. So yes, I think they've decided that he's not good. That was probably not the greatest number one pick of all time. Who could have seen that coming when they traded up to get Baker Mayfield over everyone else in that draft? But they are. I mean, they who kind was of find in their...
2: that draft that they that they skipped out on that end up being pretty decent?
1: There was a quite a few. I'd have to look it up. I can't remember yeah. have it in front of me, but quite, quite, yeah. quite a few. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I, I just think I think the Browns are good defensively. I think they run the ball very well. I think they beat bad teams. So I'll go Cleveland here because I just don't think they're going to allow Baker Mayfield to ruin their season. The Browns are an interesting team because they're six and three with a cupcake schedule left, so they're going to make the playoffs for the first time in you know however many years. I just I don't know if they're good and they played the last like three games in like the Cleveland like. Kinda windy, rainstorm, crap weather. Like I just don't know what to make of them. I'll go Browns here, but wouldn't shock me if they really kind of uh really had a slip up here. But I'll go Browns. I don't know. I, I like think the Browns are going to be an 11 win playoff team, and I'm still going to think they're bad.
2: I'm just, you know, I'm just in the mood to bet on really, really bad football teams, basketball teams. Uh, baseball's not going on right now, but you know, I'm 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 in a long shot mood. I'm trying to hit 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 it to the moon right now for some strange reason.
1: There you go. The, uh, the 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 Jacksonville Jaguars losers of nine in a row coming. uh, come uh come. wait!
2: Wait until uh, wait until uh, you, uh, I tell you who I've got on uh, on this uh, Jets and uh, Dolphins game.
1: And I think you might have tipped your hand just by even saying that. But do that as it may. We.
2: Uh, <laughs> we I'm actually going to give you. I'm actually going to give you a lot this week, and this is one of my locks. It is actually going to be the New York Jets money line. Don't need the points. Whoa, okay.
1: Yeah. We'll just get right into it. What's the, yeah. what is Jets the, money give liner. us the outline this for us. Take the lead.
2: Yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I don't know how many more 12 o'clock games we've got. I think we got one more, but uh, this is a, a 12 o'clock game and uh, I'm taking the lead on this. This is the Jets' money line all day long. They get their first win.
1: What is the line? Plus seven. Okay, so and this is actually, in New York?
2: You actually get some good, uh, you get some good money back on it.
1: Okay. So what, it, like, give, like you out, give us the outline. Like, what's the uh, strategy? Well, I mean, you know, uh, they,
2: uh, I, I know they w- went to San Diego last week, and they put up a decent little fight, you know, but they end up covering. Uh, they were actually down, I think, 18, 20-some-odd points. And, um, you know, there's no NFL team that's ever gone 0-11. So, I mean, I'm just going to uh, play the numbers and roll the dice and uh, go with the Jets' money line. I mean, the Dolphins looked terrible last week. They were they were four point favorites, and Denver. I think their total yard. They end up benching Tua, so which uh, I don't know if um, something's going to rekindle. But I promise you, the New York Jets are going to win this weekend,
1: and that is one. Of what, I'm going to take another one of those my locks. You heard it here himself, the man himself. I will go the other way here. I'll go to the Dolphins (laughs) minus seven. I'll I'll outline the other case. Tua got benched last week. You know, they could have probably covered that up because the played before that he got benched on he got rolled up and it kind of looked like he might have tweaked something and even if he didn't they could have just been like yeah tweak something didn't want to take any chances but blind brian flores was pretty plain and just saying "Nah," like he just wasn't good and we wanted a chance to win the game with fitzpatrick i think they'll probably put Tua back in this obviously i think they're definitely putting Tua back in this week it was just kind of a can we escape denver with the win and forget this ever happened type of thing Fitzpatrick drove him all the way down to the 11-yard line and threw the most quintessential Fitz magic pick of all time. That's kind oh, of the, yeah. the summation of his career. I'll go the other way on this one, but I, I do, I do love the bold strategy and the bold. Yeah, action. well,
2: I mean, I'm just kind of a little bit better on the Dolphins because um, I had a four-game parlay and I just had them on the money line. And I just couldn't pull some Fitz magic on the on the last uh, last part of my parlay. So um, I'm just a little bitter on the Dolphins right now. I mean, I know I was on them early to win the East, but just a little bitter towards them right now. So I'm actually, like I said, I really like the Jets this week.
1: The the, oh, the vengeance wagering uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, hey
2: Rippy, <laughs> that usually works, right?
1: Exactly. Always. It's a completely <laughs> completely bulletproof strategy, and I've never once, ever, ever deployed it. Uh, wink wink anyway i feel you on that one though for for sure the uh we got three more 12 o'clock games to get to the next one we've got is minnesota who really kind of kind of pissed away a lot of their playoff chances they're now at four and six by losing at home to the cowboys last week that was kind of the shocking result of the week in the nfl i think other than miami putting up a complete dud in denver which i think was a little more likely but they're minus three and a half against Carolina here, where Carolina I believe is going to get Teddy Bridgewater back, although PJ Walker was pretty good last week. Against really just a hapless Lions team. Um I'll say Minnesota Rebounds. They're not completely out of it yet because the NFC wild card standings are not nearly as gaudy as the AFC. Like the AFC is you're going to have to get to eleven wins to guarantee a wild card spot. There's going to be a 10 win team that does not get in the playoffs, even with the expanded number of Uh, wild wildcard teams this year in the AFC. So, NFC's still in it. I think they need this game badly. I think they really messed up last week. So, I'll go Minnesota minus three and a half. They need it. It's in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, wasn't uh, that quarterback for Carolina, wasn't he uh, playing in the XFL? Yeah,
1: and and, uh, Matt Rule coached him at Temple. He was a good college quarterback, was really good in the XFL, and played pretty well last week.
2: Yeah, so Bridgewater is back, or is it – I mean – man, you know, uh, it's very tempting. And, uh, I actually, I think we both went on Detroit last week. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm just, we both uh, went
1: Carolina. We, we, we stopped okay. ourselves. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: we've I, gotten I, inside I, our own brains enough to know what we think we are going to do and stopping ourselves <laughs> before it happened. I even listened back. We stopped ourselves.
2: <laughs> uh, man, you know, I like, I like Carolina here. I mean, I'm just going to take them just because, just because, um, you know, um, uh, it's uh, it should be a decent game. I mean, it's a 12 o'clock game. I mean, you might can flip over to it and uh, hang out for it and watch maybe one or two minutes ago, but Minnesota's a good team. Though. I think they really kind of gave that game away against Dallas last week and they can run the ball really well, but I think Carolina's defense is pretty decent uh, is, is pretty decent about stopping the run. And um, I don't know. I just, for some strange reason, I think this is, might be a field goal game and I just, would much rather have the three and a half and the hook. So I like Carolina for some strange
1: reason. No, I like your thinking there because the most shocking part of last week's game in Minnesota losing was, you know, they got down early and they were kind of nonchalant offensively in the first half and let the Cowboys take a nine-point halftime lead but they were lights out offensively in the second half, but could not stop the Cowboys offense and Andy Dalton, which is kind of a weird sentence to say out loud, right? Like, Cowboys have great receivers. Zeke hasn't run the ball well all year. The fact that that Minnesota defense just couldn't get a stop, and like in the final two drives of the game where Cowboys scored two touchdowns, was the most shocking part. Like you mentioned, Carolina doesn't have much talent, but very well coached. So, I like that pick there, even though I'm on the other side. Like I, that, that makes total sense. Like if Carolina came in here and won this outright, it wouldn't wouldn't stun me at all. I think they're just probably the better coach team. The, yeah, uh, I
2: mean, there's not a bad or you know good you know uh, side in this game. It's just uh, two legit teams, and you know some somebody's got to lose money on the deal. So uh, should be a decent game.
1: Indy and Tennessee, the next one. Indy coming off a huge win at home against the. uh against the Packers they were down 28-14 at halftime the defense did not allow the Packers to score in the second half until that last second field goal that sent it to overtime really lights out i think this was the kind of the first game uh you know nationally not nationally televised late game primetime ish window where everyone's like, "Oh, I think the Colts are good." We've been talking about the Colts defense all year. Now it's kind of become the trendy topic of, "Oh, you know, people don't talk about this Colts defense." Like actually, everyone is, and they're good. That's not like a you're not zagging there. You're not on to something. I think this was kind of the game where you realize, well, if Phil Rivers doesn't mess this mess this up, the Colts have Super Bowl weapons at every other position. They're good. They have enough. If Phil Rivers will kind of, uh, I guess, be enough of Phil Rivers, I have my doubts about that. But. Huge win for them last week. Tennessee goes in and I think fully exposes the Ravens as frauds goes in and plays pretty well in the second half and wins that game. Indy minus three. They stole that, not stole that game. Tennessee gave the game away two weeks ago on Thursday night. I just go in the Titans here. I don't even necessarily believe in them. I think they need this game worse. And I think Indy's riding high. So I'm going to flip it here and go Titans, even though I don't really love it.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, it just seems like uh, the road team does better in this matchup for some strange reason. Um, you know Tennessee showed a lot of uh, a lot of character. You know in that comeback win. You know AJ Brown. I think it he went through six or seven people to score that touchdown. So you know
1: um, and then you know that was he, a uh, hell of a play. And he had uh, one late in the game too, where he broke five six tackles that got him down near the goal line. He was a beast last week.
2: Yeah, and you know and Tennessee's playing some good ball. And uh, you know regardless of uh, if the you know Ravens are a fluke and. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he, I promise you, he can't throw the ball. But uh, it is what it is. I like Tennessee in this situation, too, man. I just uh, I don't trust Phillip Rivers. And, uh, you know, I, I, he's going to make a mistake here and there. And uh, I can see Tennessee winning this game easily.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's two certainties about Phil Rivers' career, right? Is if he's going to be down four, driving late in the game, and more often than not, he's going to throw a devastating pick to end it. And on the off chance that he doesn't, which kind of happened last week, and they pull out the win, he is going to uh, throw up a stinker the next week. So I'm I'm literally just kind of betting against uh, on on trends with Phil Rivers' entire career on this one. So I like yeah. the Titans here. They need the game worse. If Indy wins this, they've won the division. I mean, I guess yeah. not technically, but they're 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 in the catbird seat. That's for sure. Yeah,
2: and I, I mean, I remember back on the first the picking the pickers of the division on this, uh, I, I said it would be fitting that Phillip Rivers goes to the Super Bowl this year. You know, his first year out of uh, out of uh, San Diego or Los Angeles or wherever the hell they play down. But uh, but yeah, I, I like the Titans here. I, th- I mean, you know, I think your Phillip Rivers is uh, going to show up this week.
1: Last 12 o'clock game is Buffalo is hosting the L.A. Chargers, the three and seven L.A. Chargers. I think this was a touchdown line at one point has been all the way down to five here. I would normally go the Chargers here because I think I like Justin Herbert. The offense is awesome. But Buffalo is really good, and I think they're the team no one's talking about. Buffalo has three losses. They've lost to the Titans, they've lost to the Chiefs, and they lost on a Hail Mary to the Cardinals. They had a stretch where they weren't playing particularly well defensively. There were some issues, particularly on the pass defense, that I think they've kind of gotten short up. I think they're really good, and I think they exploit it here. I think Buffalo by 10, I'll lock it.
2: Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I'm not going to lock it, but that's a good bet. I mean, you know, the Chargers... Um, they've looked really good for three quarters against the Jets, the 0 and 9 Jets. So, um, you know, yes, they've lost uh, the most games by smallest margins of victory, but um, you know, I just think Buffalo's the real deal, and uh, I think it's uh, uh, they're going to take the East this uh, this year. And uh, you know, just a lot of people sleeping over, when they're sneaky good. So, I have to agree with you. I like Buffalo too.
1: Everyone in the AFC is talking about Pittsburgh and, of course, the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs, even with Pittsburgh's record, are a slight level above everyone else. But, like, it's getting to the point, are you are we sure that Buffalo or, or Las Vegas is not the third best team in the AFC? I think one of them, without a doubt, is.
2: Well, I think, you know, uh, it's setting up for a uh, Las Vegas-Buffalo first-round playoff, uh, the way the seeds are, are you know, are, are right now. I mean, I don't know, I could be completely wrong, but I think that – You know, Las Vegas is the second best team in the West and the second best team uh, in the AFC. So I I don't know. I might be. I I think they're the first wild card. So,
1: which would be a incredible, uh, a shaky's game, as the Bill Simmons podcast has dubbed it. You know, normally the ESPN first twelve o'clock game on that Saturday of Wild Card Weekend is a just a horribly quarterbacked and horrible. AFC game on ESPN, but this year that actually, to your point, has a chance to be a really good game. They might go to an NFC game. Honestly, if for, for the crappy one, ESPN always gets the crappy game. You're probably going to have to look on the NFC side this year where it's usually an AFC game.
2: Yeah, because I think it might be probably uh, whoever wins the East is going to be playing either probably Seattle, Arizona, or Tampa
1: Bay. That's probably what that matchup is going to look like. Late slate before we get out of here, the first one we got is Buff or Denver. The New Orleans Saints are going to Denver with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Uh, really played well in the second half last week. The, you know, the first quarter and a half of that game, you're like, yeah, are we going to see Jameis? This, this, this can't get much worse. But he played really well, ran for two touchdowns, made a couple really good throws. It's Denver plus six here. I don't think Denver does it two weeks in a row. I like the Saints. I'm buying stock. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I think, uh, you
2: know, uh, Taysom Hill looks – you know – It's almost like uh, back in the day at Alabama with Jay Barker. Like, they didn't have a really good quarterback, but they, you know, he never made mistakes um, and controlled the offense. And that's just what I see with Hill. I think he can run the ball. And, I mean, he had, what was he, I think 17 for 21. I mean, I know Jameis is probably going to be the better looking, you know, drop back quarterback and everything like that. But, I just think the uh, uh, Saints are just going to keep it very basic, and uh, I, I see them uh, winning by two touchdowns,
1: easy. L.A. Rams coming off a huge win on Monday Night Football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they really just looked like the better team most of the game. They had a couple, they had a bad golf interception that kept the Buccaneers at bay, but that 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 L.A. pass rush in the second half really just kind of ruined Tom Brady. I mean, he was not comfortable the whole time. It was really one of the rare times you see Tom Brady kind of flushed out of the pocket before there's even a pass rush you could tell that really flustered him they're really good and you know golf when he's not pressured and they're running the ball well is about as good of a play action quarterback as there is in the nfl he's never going to carry you in a two-minute drill where there's you know no threat to run um and you have to pass he's not that kind of guy but within you know the confines of what they want to do he's about as good as they get and obviously they've already proven you can make it to a super bowl and probably win one with a guy like that they're minus six and a half at home against the San Francisco 49ers. What's left of them? You know, San Francisco beat them already. in what I thought was San Francisco's kitchen sink game a couple weeks ago. And then they lost Jimmy G and, you know, more guys defensively and more running back. So I just don't know what they have left in the tank. So I'm going to go Rams here. I just think this LA Rams defense is going to swarm up whatever San Francisco has offensively.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take uh, LA and I'm actually going to take a lock on this one. Um, uh, I know it's a division game and, you know, uh, uh, the NFL player remembers division games that they lost uh, to their rivals. So um, that 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 game kind of stings L.A. right now because they could be, um, you know, eight and two. So with that being said, uh, we're going to go keep uh, the seeking revenge uh, uh, factor. And I think L.A. rolls. I think it's going to be easily two touchdowns here.
1: Yeah, this is normally a spot where I would love Kyle Shanahan and him just scheming up a game plan to pull out a win in this, but I think they're out of the race. I think they just they are kind of had the year from hell injury wise, and that tends to happen to you know a team that's made the Super Bowl, and they just not enough things have broken their way. And the Rams can't lose to the Niners twice if they want to win the division and beat out Seattle and Arizona. So I I think the Rams did not take this one lightly. I think they uh, I think they roll here by by ten points or so. The last – oh, last one. Here we go. Last afternoon game we have, I should say. I don't know how this didn't make Sunday night football or Monday night football. I don't know why this isn't flex, but Bucks chiefs this is going to be awesome. Uh, Chiefs on the road, minus three. Ooh, now it's to three-and-a-half against Tampa Bay. Uh, I'll make this simple. I will go Bucks. And against all logic, they've lost two in a row. They really, really need this game. I say lost two in a row. They've lost two of three. Um, they really need this game. I don't really know why. I don't know why I'm going against Mahomes. This is against all logic pick, uh, uh bucks at home.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to have to dis- disagree. I just, if, uh,
1: if I mean, that's a, a smart move.
2: If there's, um, if there's an opportunity to bet on Patrick Mahomes, especially, you know, a field goal under a touchdown, it just seems like he, you know, he always gets the job done and it's actually real fun to watch. Um, you know, I really uh, wish yeah, was, he's uh, awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I really wish that, you know, there was fans at that game that Sunday night game, because man, that game would have been absolutely electric, you know. Uh but uh man, yeah, just Patrick Mahomes is just uh I just I, I'm just gonna continue to bet bet on him until you know he doesn't uh, until he doesn't pull through for me. So um I just like I like the Chiefs here. I mean Tampa Bay uh um, you know been exposed as far as a uh pass rush, um, blitz, you know, blitz sort of thing. And, you know, obviously you can see Tom Brady is, I mean, not saying old, but, you know, he's uncomfortable once he can't just step up in the pocket. And I don't think he has been able to step up in the pocket, you know, many times uh, just strictly because
1: of that rush. So um, I like uh, Kansas City here for sure. Yeah, I just think I, – I think this is Brady's last stand in the sense – I say last stand. They're probably going to make it in the playoffs anyway in this watered-down middle part of the NFC. But if they lose this game badly, particularly like 15 – you know, 10, 15 points, they're, I think people are going to stop taking Tampa for t- as talented as they are as a serious kind of Super Bowl threat. So I don't know. I'm banking on kind of a Brady, we're still here type of thing. You know, someone yelling – he doesn't have the Edelman on Tampa to yell at. Maybe he'll get Mike Evans to yell at him on the sideline that you're too old. But this is like a classic – kitchen sink game for the Bucks, Brady motivated. So yeah. that's kind of my logic there, but again, going I mean, against I, Patrick I Mahomes still, is a foolish proposition.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can still see Tampa making the playoffs, uh, you know, whoever wins the West, the first person, uh, but they're going to have to have a better record than Arizona or Seattle to, you know, to get in that. Um...
1: Well, you're getting three wildcard teams this year, oh, so they're, okay. they'll okay, get yeah. in. So, I just don't think people are going to take them seriously if they lose yeah. this bad. It's well, kind of like you're yeah, not really a threat to do
2: much. Yeah, that works perfect for uh, Tampa Bay versus the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. Then, yeah, that, that works perfect.
1: <laughs> Good Lord, like that would be. Just a gross, gross game. <laughs> anyway, the uh, Sunday night football. I don't, I don't. I wish we could flip these two games because I have no interest in watching this. Although I'm going to, because you know that's what we do. But it is uh, Green Bay minus seven and a half against the Bears. <laughs> I'm done with True. the Bears. I don't even yeah. love Green Bay. I don't have any analysis here. I'm done with the Bears. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay. They're uh, they're just- they're horrible offensively, and they're a train I mean- wreck to watch. And I'm tired of watching it. Yeah, I mean, how? How? I mean, how?
2: How many years does the Chicago Bear defense have to carry that team to at least win four to five to six games a year? You know, and uh, um, you know, Foles is not the answer. And um, you know, I, I just, I think they got to change it up. I mean, Theo Epstein just left. The, you know, the Cubs. Why not uh, shake up the Bears while you're at it? So, uh, I just, I just don't think it's working for Chicago. And I actually think. Green Bay rolls here, man. I think it's an, it's an easy win for Green Bay here.
1: Yeah, I just don't buy the Bears. I don't know. I know Trubisky's been hurt. I don't know why they're sticking with Foles. He's not very good. I just I don't buy this one. And Foles got hurt last game, too. You might see Tyler Bray in this one. I'm not really sure. So, all the more reason. I don't like this as a primetime game. I hate it. Um, last one, Monday Night Football game this week. You've got the atrocious and just you talk about the Bears horrible to watch. This is a one-upper. Um, Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. It's plus six and a half. I hate the Eagles. I don't think they're better than, I think Quint Wentz on is a bottom three quarterback in the NFL on a given week. I think, you know, whoever's starting for Jacksonville and whoever's left to Cincinnati is probably below him. And then it's him. Uh, He's forgotten how to play football. I don't understand it. I think the uh, Hawks roll here. I'll go Seahawks in a lock. Um, It's going to be hilarious watching the skins, And Giants actually compete for the NFC East because the Cowboys and Eagles are so incompetent. So, uh, uh, Seattle lock. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, this is just the, uh, you know, whenever you uh, gamble, you just try to be as logical about gambling and basic about gambling. You know, there's this is the most basic gamble out there. So, uh, this is actually a lock. Uh, This is Seattle just all the way. Seattle is just a better team. It doesn't matter if Seattle's traveling across country to play in Philadelphia, you have to just throw all that out and just look at the, you know, both sides of the ball. Seattle is complete on both sides of the ball. DK Metcalf, I mean, obviously he's going to get two touchdowns where, whoever he plays. Um, I just I really like Seattle a lot here and uh, I'm going to lock it with you for sure.
1: There it is. That is week 12 of the NFL. dude. It's flying by. I appreciate it. This was fun um that wraps up for us i appreciate everyone listening i hope everyone had a great safe and happy thanksgiving no it's not the same as normal years but uh hopefully good health for everyone and we can kind of get back to normal next year but i hope everyone had a good holiday hope everyone enjoys the football this weekend a lot of it enjoy it i know who knows like who thought we would have gotten to this point in august so enjoy what you got greg i appreciate it dude this was fun same time next week yeah for sure as always Everybody be safe out there. If you like what you heard, uh, rate and review us. Give us five stars. You can say whatever you want in the comment section. Go check him out. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go throw some post-Thanksgiving uh, stuff on the grill this weekend. He's going to hook you up. I'll hire you next week, dude. Yeah, for sure. And always mention the podcast
2: uh, when you come in. I had a customer the other day come in, and
1: he said they enjoyed listening to the
2: podcast, and he got a free pack of uh, Swayze sausage. So Hell, uh, yeah. You know, this just- podcast has its perks. Yeah, I mean, always mention, always mention the podcast when you come in the store. We appreciate uh, everybody that listens, to. But, yeah, we, uh, we always give freebies uh, whenever
1: you mention the podcast. Awesome. Uh, everybody, be safe out there. Go check him out. We'll see you next week.